Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast, where personal growth simply isn't enough. I'm your host, Mark Cordone, a positive psychology coach, a do-gooder from the island of misfit toys who founded the Joy Revolution. Each week, I'll wrap with an extraordinary guest doing extraordinary things through their own revolutionary work to talk about the ups, downs, and all-arounds of life. It's my mission to provoke and empower you through increased joy and inspire you to spark your own revolution to change history for the better. Welcome to the most serious happiness podcast in this multiverse. Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey, what's going on again? It's Mark Cordone, uh, Golden Mike Podcast. I'm here with uh, Andrew Hand. Every, his whole bio is is in the show notes. Um, and, and so I, I just want to jump right into it. Um, Andrew, it is really good to t- be talking to you again, man. Um, Dude, it's an honor to be here. And, uh, you know, you're always in my mind, Mark. So it's great when we get a chance to connect and sit down for a conversation, man. I'm excited. Yeah, the, the feeling is mutual. Um, the last time that I, I believe that we had met in person, um, I, I was doing a thing out in, in California. You were doing a thing out in California. And I can't, uh, you know what? I can't wait to talk about where we were at because even now we're in different places, uh, both yeah. you and I. Um, but but I, I just want to get right. I just want to get right into the show. Uh, um, you know, you're... Uh, we have so much to talk about you you got in a car accident you know you know you um you know with music um and i hope your music is set up today because because i'm hoping that we're gonna get we're gonna get a hand special uh, that that doesn't sound right we're gonna get a, a hand job no no that doesn't sound sound right either um you know i i i hope that we're gonna that we're gonna be able to set up and play something but um i i know that you you moved around a lot um and you moved around a lot and, and you were a pastor's kid growing up um in retrospect is did that what kind of effect did that have on you um uh not only growing up um to i mean i am i imagine you know there was plenty of times where you were the new kid in class again you know and you're like oh yeah i gotta experience that and then what what does that what does that mean for you now you know um you know now that you're much older and 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 wiser yeah, I mean, it's a good question, man. You know, it, it seems sort of in a way like just such a distant um, a distant thing. Like it doesn't feel like it's really part of me anymore, you know, but mm-hmm. like it was a part of my world that I didn't have control over because I was just a kid, right? So you just go along with what's given to you. Mm-hmm. And I never felt, you know, like it was me. I never felt like, you know, I kind of always felt like I was chafing against this system um, and, and, you know, just chafing against rules. And I, I just couldn't wait to grow up and be autonomous and and do the things that I wanted to do. Right. Mm. Um, But I think, you know, if it's in looking for the positive, right. I mean, I wouldn't have the spiritual center that I have if, if I hadn't been introduced to this idea of, Hey, maybe there's something greater out there than, you know, just the pursuits of the ego or, um, I don't know, man, I guess it, what I'm trying to say is, uh, religion, I pushed away from it so far but it, it gave me a context to come back and say, you know, it does feel, I feel like there's, there's bigger things out there. There's deeper things than, than what appear on the surface. 
Sure. And I'm thinking of a few things right now. It's it's one of the first things that I'm thinking of is is you almost like kind of being like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing and being like, when I get my autonomy, when I get yeah. my freedom, then I'll yeah. be able to let this this wolf out. You know, not yeah. necessarily, you know, a, a negative thing, but more so like I'm going to play, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to play it by the, by the status quo. Um, you know, I'm going to pin my wings back and and then I'm going to unfurl it one day. Is, is, is that really yeah, I what definitely you don't think? I mean, there was more not like I'm going to pin my wings back. Like, come on, dang it. Like, open yeah, my yeah. Wings. let me open my wings. <laughs> let me open my wings. So it was like I was always. I kind of always felt like, um, yeah, man, I just, I just wanted to, to be free of it all, you know, and I was always trying to express myself and, you know, that came out in rambunctious energy and I got into trouble a lot, but, um, really, yeah, man, I just sort of, I guess, I, you know, one of the themes of my life, whether maybe unhealthy or healthy, it's hard to say, but is that idea of a dream, man, living for this future idea of like, Hey, someday, someday it's going to be this. And, you know, before I had chosen a vocational path or anything, it was just a kid dreaming like, hey, one day it's going to be different. What were you dreaming about? Well, I mean, you know, being rich, being famous. um, And really what that all kind of meant is like, hey, I wanted to be free. I -hmm. wanted to be able to make my own decisions and do what I wanted to do on my terms. And I wanted then to be able to make a difference in the world. Like, you know, I was like, hey, when I'm on my own and I'm doing things my way, like I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have the things I want and I'm going to be able to really like contribute something back into this world. Mm. How has, how has success changed for you over the past few years? Um, You know, because, you know, you were, you were talking about uh, sort of the, uh, not necessarily the, the, uh, the aesthetics of money. But but almost the the value the energetic value of it right um, yeah what has how has that changed over the years uh, you know going from the rambunctious one to you know uh, you know you know us eating hamburgers in, in in California yeah yeah you know I mean I, I think the that financial component I mean I, I guess uh you know for me I feel very abundant in my mind and in my energy but there's definitely been you know, in my musician years. And I mean, like I've experienced a lot of financial lack and I grew up with my mom being really poor and on food stamps. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've tried to like strip that of my energy, you know, like, man, I I just, I'm not, and I don't resonate with that, those feelings, those thoughts of money being difficult or whatnot. But I mean, I can't lie and say that my reality has not been one of some financial challenges, right? I don't have the financial freedom to the degree that I'd like to have it. But Mm. I think the thing is for me where there's peace and knowing that, you know, as I get more in line and more congruent, like, and finding ways to stand more for myself, right? Mm -hmm. I know it's out there. You know what I mean? Like I've always felt it was just a reality that, hey, one day, man, it's going to be there. And so I guess one day hasn't arrived, but, but it's like, it's unfolding, man, you know? And I mean, all my needs are met. I'm taken care of, but, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I look forward to, to when, uh, the financial component of things is more in that level of where just, there's just complete freedom and, and flow and not uh, a concern for money. Sure. Sure. And, and, you know, I, I think it's really interesting that you're, you, you were, you were talking about, um, you know, uh, growing up in the financial situation that your family was. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, we met, we met at, at, at one of those, uh, you know, one of those, uh, programs where it was like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> Wallace Waddles type of stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and so I know that you were out there, um, uh, doing things and, and, uh, also at the same time, uh, you know, things like Brendan Bouchard and, 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 and Tony Robbins, um, yeah. you know, in, in being a part of those programs in being a part of uh you know you know uh, tony's stuff um how has that changed um your ideas around uh financial uh money and, and also at the same time um you know being congruent like you talked about yeah i mean i guess you know for me i i've always felt that money's an energy mm. and you know when when you feel the flow and connection to it like regardless of how much like, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, putting a definition on, oh, it was this amount of money. But like, I've noticed that it flows in more abundance when I just am letting go of an expectation or an outcome. And I believe it's coming to me. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man, it's, it's still an interesting piece that, that I'm like, you know, uh, as I've built my own funnels and stuff, you know, that the, the uh, frustrations with that, not necessarily always delivering the consistent <laughs> automatic income that I'd like, but but just knowing, I guess, knowing that like, Hey man, you're just one idea away, right. you know, one, one, one lineup of things like getting it put together in a way that really takes off. And that's it. I mean, it's literally just like, Hey, keep taking action. Keep looking for what feels in alignment, what feels joyous and fun and how can you serve to a greater degree and trusting that if I take action through that framework, like it's, it's going to work out. It's just a matter of, of timing. Sure. And, and as long as I've known you, you've been one that was always taking action, right? You know, you were, you were always one that, um, you know, what is congruent to me, what feels good to me, um, those sort of things. And, um, you know, one of the things that I want to kind of backtrack on is what happened to you when you were, um, 16, like Mm. you, you got in a, a pretty nasty car accident. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, uh, I mean, it's, it, it, it's not pretty nasty. It's, I, would you, would you say that I, I'm, I, I'm not being hyperbolic and saying that you were close to death? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totaled my car, I flipped it, uh, you know, three times on the interstate going 80 miles an hour. Um, and in that, you know, I mean, time stopped and I saw my life flash before my eyes, you know, in this series of pictures like a movie. And I just felt as I grabbed the steering wheel and I could feel, you know, the metal crunching and this glass breaking. And I, I was just like, God, I'm, please don't let me die. I'm not ready to go. I felt this deep dread that I hadn't um, lived the way I wanted to live. I hadn't been the kind of person I wanted to be. And that, that if it ended right now, I would have fallen short of, of my potential, mm. you know, and that, and it just felt like just this gut stabbing holy shit. Oh no, this huge amount of pain. Don't, don't, don't let this happen. Mm-hmm. And the next thing, you know, you know, my car is upright and I'm grabbing the steering wheel and I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, the, the paramedics, they, they came, you know, as I later got out of the car and flagged down a trucker and they're like, you know, we expected to pick up your body parts. It's, uh, people just don't survive these kinds of accidents usually. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people who, uh, and I am regressing in terms of the the questioning route, but also at the same time, 
um, a, a few people who have been on the show have talked about near-death experiences and how near-death experiences have changed almost the way that they look at the world. Yeah. Um, how would you say that the way that you looked at the world either changed or, 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 or didn't, uh, I, I mean, you, you're, you're negotiating at this point, right? You know, you're, you're negotiating with God to keep you alive, yeah. you yeah. know, um, which is, you, you know, which is, it's desperate, right? It, it's, it's a desperate yeah. move there, to be, to there be was like a deep inner sense of panic. I mean, it was yeah. the most amount of fear I probably felt in my life. Hmm. Mm. You know, it's like, this is it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. Like I'm either dead or I'm not, but it feels like I'm, I'm moving towards death. Please. No, 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 no. You know? And yeah. Um, yeah, dude, th that, that experience did change me. Mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, people that go to the other side, you know, you hear those kinds of stories and I didn't get to that level. I mean, I, you know, I was still conscious and in this realm, but when I, you know, after seeing this, my life flash before my eyes and, and feeling that like, holy shit, I'm, I'm alive. And is that sunk in more deeply? Like I, you're alive, Andrew, remember like what you felt like you begged for a second chance and you felt that you hadn't lived the way you wanted to live. Now you can. So what are you going to do, man? And, and I just felt such inner peace. Like, you know, everything just seemed like it was kind of like floating on a cloud. There was a whiteness and a glow to things. Um, there, mm -hmm. there really wasn't any concern or care or worry in my mind. It was sort of like, Hey, I'm here. I'm alive. Let me go out and interact with life and love people and just show up in the world and be joyful. And Amazing. that's what I did. You know, that's what I did, man. And, and high school changed for me. I, I didn't fit in before. Um, I, you know, I was like not friends with the jocks. Like I kind of looked at them as like, you know, the, the meatheads or the, like the preppy kids and I wasn't cool enough. Right. Um, and suddenly I just started talking to everyone, man. And, and everyone just responded positively. Like the whole school suddenly became my friend. There was no click to me. And, you know, it was really magical for a short period of time, maybe three months or something. And, and then, um, you know, I started to like, look for that meaning, like, Hey, what's the deeper meaning and, and how, why was I saved? And I started to think like, okay, God has saved me, you know, and I'm supposed to, because I was growing up in this religion is like, I'm supposed to get closer to God and I'm supposed to spread God's message to, you know, as many people as I can and remind them like, Hey, they shouldn't be like uh, drinking or smoking and you know, like just all this kind of stuff that. So, um, you, so you moved from, from kind of spirituality to kind of religiosity. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, you know, I grew up in such a fervent religion, yeah. you know, my mother being a minister and um, I never totally bought in, I guess, you know? And so yeah. I, I, you know, I drank, I, I smoked a little bit. And even though those things were like bad, like I wasn't, I didn't feel that they were bad internally, but um, you know, in this accident is I, I was like, Oh, I was doing bad things. I was, you know, I, I need to shift and I need to remind people to, to shift. And I, I remember speaking to my whole school at like, uh, an assembly event. And it was basically like sharing my testimonial and, you know, my story of, of surviving. And, um, and it just had such a religious like tone to it. I'm, I'm embarrassed of it. Like, I feel bad about it now. I mean, I know that it was where it was coming from was, you know, at the sure. time, like congruent, like, Hey, I'm speaking my truth. Yeah. You know, but it, I see now like, man, I just, 
gosh, I'd love to tell those kids something a little different. Now. It, it kind of sounds like you were coming off as a moral authority. In, yeah, in, but, I think so, but, yeah. But you, it, it, it's the, the intention was, hey, I just went through a near-death experience and, right. and, and oh, you know, it, it's, it's tough to see you guys, you know, be be rough on your bodies when yeah. <laughs> I just well, I don't went want through a to be eternally damned, you know. I mean, which which is just uh, yeah. <laughs> did you did you shame everyone? Did you well, were you like shame you? Know, I, don't, you I, don't, I don't think like, it was very it was very soft handed approach. But I think yeah. what was more impa- uh, powerful is is internally how how much I was believing it. So I might not have been like wagging my finger at other people. I think I always had love and tolerance, but like internally, I was like you know, I've got to toe the line even more. And this is what God wants me to do. And, you know, maybe I'm going to go evangelize and be a speaker, maybe be a minister. Like I just, I got deep, man. There was a Bible study group led by one of our teachers and he was a bit of a right wing fanatic. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just got deep into this, this group, you know, like I was the lead member of this Bible study and like feeling like, Hey, the people, the students that aren't in this group, well, they're kind of missing the light. They ought to be here, you know? <laughs> yeah. So right. I was a little bit, of, I was a little evangelist and, um, sure. and it left me at the end of the day is it just left me start, you know, feeling kind of more, more hollow, you know, because it's like, that wasn't the message from my accident was kind of the spiritual side. Hey, be loved, be light, um, be joyful, express yourself. And the religion started to be like, no, do it in this line. And Hey, don't do this and don't do that. It was kind of actually the opposite, mm. of, you know, mm. of the awareness that I had had, um, after my accident. Yeah. It, it sounds, it sounds as if it, it was interpreted through the filter of religion and, yeah. and, um, and, and, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about, uh, you know, organized religion at this point mm. in your life? I mean, I still got a chip on my shoulder, man, but really? I think I try to, I've tried to soften that, you yeah. know, and say like, look, I'm okay with, if people want to say God, like I, before I used to kind of be like, um, the universe and I'm like, okay, look, if people want to believe like whatever they want to believe is cool mm-hmm. with it for them. You know, I think that at the end of the day, whether there is a God, there isn't a God, there was, you know, Jesus was the son of God. He wasn't whatever. There've been spiritual people that have walked this earth and they've kind of all left us the same message and religion has come and skewed that message. They basically said, yeah. Hey man, be loving, be tolerant, be accepting, follow joy. Um, you know, believe that everything in the universe is yours and that you are of the same fabric as the universe. And I think religion has just come in and put so many rules and guilt and right. shame around things that it's sad, but it's kind of become the opposite of what those, you know, the, the people that, these religions have been set up around actually taught. Now, do you think that that part of, uh, I know there was a period where you became an atheist. Would, was, yeah. was, was that period a period more of an exploration for you or was it a period yeah, where it was, just, it was just pushing away from this, you know, this yeah. religion. I just come out of high school, you know, I graduated this group, you know, I had my accident, went deep into this group and then started to feel that disenfranchisement and was like, you know what, man, like, screw that, screw, screw, screw everything I grew up with. That was a bunch of malarkey. And so for a while, I I wouldn't say I'd be like, there is no God, but like, you know what? I just don't like, don't talk to me about a God because you can't prove it. Like I I didn't get angry at people, but I was like, for me personally, like, I just, I don't believe in that. I believe you should be a good person and, you know, be thoughtful and be kind. Mm, mm. And I, I would 
talk negatively about religion. I, so I guess I had a, a pretty strong chip on my shoulder and would probably say, Hey man, it's all bullshit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've softened that and just say like, you know, I realized, look, um, people are going to do what they want to do. They're going to follow what they want to follow. You can't change everyone's mind. The best thing you can do is just be an example of, of your truth. And right. that's it, man. You know, now, I, 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 number one is that's quotable. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a quote that I use on on, on some sort of uh, Instagram at some point. Yeah. But but also at the same time, um, I, I I know that you were having some mental mental health issues. You know, it's 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 don't we all, Mark? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, I'm I, I I'm I, I'm talking about about that depression that you had. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I'm not sure if it was when you were going to uh, Arizona State uh, or after that. Yeah, yeah. But but um, it, it's it's really it's really interesting that you, you went into like, you had a, a almost a, a, a blissful ecstatic state for, for a while. And then yep. you went into a, 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 a depression state for a while. Yeah. Kind of right. The exact opposite of it. And I, you know, I think that, um, as I look back on it, there, it's hard to know, like that concussive force of an accident, who knows what that actually did to my brain. Yeah. You know, I never saw a neurologist. Absolutely. I never had a brain scan. So there's, there's likely some realities, um, that I've had some chemical imbalances in my brain for, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but what happened is, you know, I mean, you know, the power of environment, right? So yeah. as I left all this, you know, left my mom for the first time in my life and left this religion and, you know, was going to like, all right, I'm going to a secular college and I'm living on my, uh, you know, on my own. Um, I'm having to have a job. I don't like what I'm doing. I feel I don't feel in, in line with the school program that I'm doing. Like everything just kind of felt mm -hmm. difficult and like, man, this isn't, this isn't what, like, you know, when I was a kid, man, I've had this dream that I wanted to, you know, be famous or whatever and, and be doing something creative. And so it's like, here I am like, you know, slinging falafel 12 hours a day, um, trying to go to school on and off, having a lot of anger, playing a lot of video games, watching a lot of movies, just kind of trying to zone out and, yes, I have this dream, but it, it's sort of this dissonance, this dissonance of like, I want something so bad yet. I'm doing, I'm so like depressed and feel so fearful about how to actually do anything to make that happen mm -hmm. that I'm doing nothing. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you feel about the fact that you weren't, you were, as you said, doing nothing. And mm -hmm. there was, you know, earlier in your life, there was a, a moment in which you negotiated for your life. Yeah. You know, yeah, dude, were I, those, I, did those thoughts come back a lot to you when you were oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. slinging I mean, dude, falafel? To, like almost every night I, maybe not every night, but I just, I remember many, many times sitting um, for a time I lived with my grandparents. And I remember sitting in their upstairs bathroom. Like I'd just like take a shower or something. Then I'd sit on the sink and just look into the mirror as I sat there and talk to myself. And I'd look into my eyes and I'd just be like, Andrew, what are you doing, man? Come on. You've, you've got to break out of this. You have so much potential, man. So much light. You're so much more than this. Mm. Come on, man, please figure this out. And I guess I just felt so paralyzed, Mark. I felt like yeah. I'd have these conversations and I felt this deeper, like, Hey man, you're supposed to be doing something. You have it within you, but I was just so fearful. And maybe mm -hmm. it was the trauma of my accident. I mean, I don't, I can't tell you exactly why, 
but like just the idea of moving somewhere on my own was, was terrifying, man. I mean, my acting coach is like, Hey, Andrew, you're good. You have talent, move to LA, move to New York. And it just was so terrifying, man. It took me seven years till I finally had just had, I've had enough. I'd had too many of those conversations with myself in the mirror. I I felt this, like I cannot take this anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I gave notice to my job and, uh, moved to New York city to become a musician. Oh, (laughs) So you you left it all. You left it all. Yeah. And what what was the, and you left it all because what I'm hearing is you couldn't take it anymore. You couldn't take another night of looking into the mirror and saying, yeah. Okay. I mean that, and, and you know, perhaps like, I mean, I had followed this acting path and you know, I had this coach and he was from New York. Um, and I'd gone to a conference and met some casting directors. And so it's like, it started to feel a little easier. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, Hey, yeah, you should come to New York. You ought to come, let us know if you're in LA. And so I started to think like, all right, you know, I've had this dream for so many years, like, Hey, I'm going to move to LA or New York. But finally I started to get just enough confidence. Like, I think I can actually do this. You know, yeah. Um, I have a cousin in New York. My mom's husband at the time was going through a, a master's program in New York. So I went out and visited him and, you know, got to kind of dip my toes into what it was like to, to be in New York and met with some of these casting agents. And so that really, it was like, all right, I'm doing it. That trip solidified it. And so I gave a year notice to my job and just said, Hey, if I can save five grand, I'll buy a one way ticket. I can already go stay with my cousin. Uh, when I, you know, when I move there, that'll help, you know, I'm sure I can find a job and I, I just believe that I could do it, you know? And so that's what I did. That sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it was dude. But I mean, you think of like it actually in, in actually making the decision, it was one of the most freeing things in my life. Because yeah. I felt so much fear for so long yeah. that it felt like to finally be like, this is it. I'm doing it. I felt kind of this excitement and elation. Like finally my life can, is about to start. Okay. Okay. Um, le- now we're, let's go to, let's go to New York now. So, yeah. so Andrew in New York chapter two, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so the, 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 the move to New York, um, what, talk to me about how that was, you know, it, it, it's almost like this, this, uh, renewed hope, um, mm. it, right. It, it, it's almost like, uh, he finally is getting to do his passion. Yeah. Um, uh, Dude, I mean, it felt like the most, one of the most magical things in my life. Like it, that trip that I took before I moved there was just like, hell yes. Like, this is where I belong. This is my kind of place. And so when I moved there, dude, like I felt like I felt reborn. I felt like this is a new version of Andrew Mm -hmm. and I get to start doing what I, what I dream of. Like I've dreamed my whole life of doing I I'm going to do it. Okay. Okay. And And so there was a lot, I mean, yes, there was definitely, believe me, there was fear and uncertainty. I mean, trying to find a job and survive in New York, like it was not an easy existence, but it just felt like pure possibility like it's all happening it's gonna work that sounds like the end of depression then totally okay okay um and and what i mean it it sounds like you were now taking action you know like the, the 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 andrew i know now is a person that takes a lot of action um is this is is this the part where where you started taking action and it's been like that ever since i think so man okay um yeah, I, I think uh, oh, sh- I just am looking. Somehow my iPad stopped recording. What the heck? <laughs> Joe Fern, let's pause. 
<laughs> Andrew, how do you think it's going so far? I think it's going good, man. Okay. Okay. Is there any place that you want me to take the, the, uh, the interview to? No, man. I, I think, uh, dude, I, this actually stopped recording a while ago. I don't know how much we, uh, we've lost on my end. Jesus. Sorry. No worries. No worries. Freaking iPad. <laughs> Did we run out of memory? I don't know, dude. My, my iPad appears to be frozen. Holy hell. Well, you're recording on your end, so hopefully that – Jesus, that really is a bummer, though, because we were going to get better quality audio here. Um, yeah, I was. it, it is right, kind well, of a bummer. I've hit record again, and I'll keep an eye on it. Um, okay. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I feel like we were in flow for a second. Yeah, man. No, totally. Okay. Yeah, totally. Okay. And, and, and so uh, – okay, Joe Fern, we're back in. Three, two. Okay, and – so it's it really sounds like this this move to the to New York was the end of the depression. You know, I mean, uh, yes, for for a period of time, right? I mean, depression is something that I have dealt with. Um, you know, I mean, most of my life, I mean, yeah. honestly. You know, it, it sounds like you moving to um, uh, New York really was the end of this depression phase, was it? Yeah, man. I mean, so, so for a time, you know, I, I've dealt with depression on and off, you know, my whole life, Mm -hmm. but it definitely showed me the power of how shifting an environment and and like what a peak experience is like. And so Mm. I I guess it would be a good reference for me as I, as I'd go on later in my life and, you know, really be looking at depression and be like, all right, how do I how do I not let this control me? Because like it, it comes back, man, it comes back and you know, like it can knock you flat and suddenly you're ineffective. You're not taking action. Your thoughts and emotions are, are all the opposite of what you want them to be. Right. And it's this compounding vicious cycle. Totally. Uh, totally. And, and but, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like no. one of the questions that I was going to ask you about your depression was, did you need your depression almost like a muse, uh, like torture, tortured artists, use depression Um, to create? I I wouldn't say that I, that I needed it or, you know, wanted depression. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, but I, yes. I mean, it, like it was therapy, like creating songs helped, you know, it helped me deal with the tough stuff that I was going through. And so, yeah. uh, In these moments when I'd get blue or whatever, you know, I'd usually write and record songs and, and, and I was, you know, I guess I was doing it when I was happy too. So I don't know. It's hard to say, man, because my music, my music at first was very angry Yeah, and energetically. I didn't like, I didn't, I felt I was like not angry. Like I felt so excited to be in New York, but there was like a lot of just like political outrage. And I just say there was a lot of ego stuff like, mm. um, and music became the mirror for me to see myself more clearly. And as I'd see that, like it was the catalyst and propulsion for me to keep evolving and growing and saying like, how do I live a more congruent, vibrant life? You know, I guess that's the pursuit that I continue to be on to this day is like, how do I live with more joy, more right. congruent, more gratitude, and just like, you know, go back to what I, you know, what my accident taught me. And, and you know, I'd come back to that place a couple different times in my life through meditation, that level of like spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's always been the, the reminder of like, hey, I've seen what the other side, like I've, I've gotten the message. I know yeah. what the message is. And so how do I get my life in line with it? 
And, and also what I'm, what I'm hearing is when you, when you see the contrast of a peak experience, um, you, you realize that you don't have to fall back on, you know, going into depression to write. You can write about peak experience. I love that, that notion of, of, of what you write about is basically what, what, what's, is a mirror of what's going on inside of you, you know? Um, and I, I, I think I'm, I'm just relate, relating back to right after the accident, the way that you were seeing the world in bliss, in a blissful way, um, yeah. people responded in a blissful way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah, it sounds like, like yeah, I mean, I'd say it like everyone was sort of just, you know, like they didn't have any idea that in my mind, I felt like I didn't fit in. They were just suddenly like, Oh, Andrew's talking like, Oh, he, Oh, he's a cool guy. Like I, I never <laughs> saw this side of him. I never saw this side of him before. He's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are now in, you know, we're now in New York, right? The, the it's yeah. the city of possibilities. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, I'm thinking about that, that one shot, uh, that, you know, uh, where the person gets to New York and they've got their bags in their hands and it yeah. shows them looking. do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, and yeah. and yeah. it shows them looking around New York and it spins yeah. around them. Did you, is that how you felt? I felt that. I felt that, mm. man. I mean, I, I remember showing up at my cousin's door with my duffel bag, you know, mm. and, and there was just so many moments of walking, you know, from the airport, uh, you know, taking a, a the, the train and just feeling like, I'm here and even living there, man. Like there's just, there's so many moments of like, God, I'm in New York. Like there's so much energy. There's so much possibility. It, um, I just love it, man. Even when I go back to New York, it just, it feels so magical, man. It feels like mm, home. Mm, amazing. Now, um, I, I want to let you know, uh, we just had a, uh, we're going to break the fourth wall here. We just had a okay. technical glitch on the show. I know okay. you, I know you have a guitar right next to you now when you, when That's, you, yeah. when, when the glitch, when the glitches were going down, if at any moment you feel, um, you want to talk about, about a particular peak experience or uh, an experience, uh, where you were, uh, depressed or an experience where, uh, you first got to New York and there was that hope. Um, I would say introduce the song. Like, let's go. Let's go with the flow well, right, here. Dude. I, I mean, you know, the song that kind of embodies mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. is "Dreamer." Mm. Mm. Well, it, introduce it. Talk about it. Yeah, I'm just grabbing my guitar here. Um, mm -hmm. So, "Dreamer," man, is, is uh, it's my story, man. Mm -hmm. It's my story of kind of how I've seen my life. Um, you know, I guess in metaphor, or whatever. But it's and real, like holding to that, like, you know what, man, our dreams, what we feel is possible for us, no matter what the world or anyone else tells us, following our heart, following our dreams, following the calling inside of us. That is the most important thing to life, you know? So, I mean, if you think about maybe it's like, it's the message that came back from my accident. It's the message that I've, that I've lived into, you know, is I've continued to say like, man, what does your heart want? Mm -hmm. And more so, I think, you know, I mean, we, I don't know if we'll get into this or not, but just the, the message behind my music, like why I write it is because I want to say something that reminds people of what I've, what I just put into words, but does it in a short little compact mm -hmm. emotional nugget, you know? And that's why I, I love songs, man. So much is just the, the beauty of music and, and the, the emotions I feel, you know, when I'm recording or writing songs, 
or performing them. You know, there's just nothing like it. Those drums slamming in and, and just, you know, big background chorus chant, uh, you know, <laughs> where you belt out a melody in it. And it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's the, it's the place that I've felt the greatest synergy and aliveness. Um, or Clyde, there's other moments I've felt it, I guess, but it's, it's been what's kept me going. So, so, so this song dreamer, you'd consider your anthem. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely one of them, you know, the, the album, the new echo drive album is, is called a new dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and dreamer is, you know, I'd say it's like the deep heart of the record. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, the softer, um, and, and I don't mean softer sonically, like it's a big song, but I mean, it's, it's like, it has less of the ego maybe yeah. like some of the, some of the songs have more, <clears throat> more egoic, like drive and powerful energy. And, and I think this one is just like speaking from the heart and speaking about some of the pain that I, you know, I've felt and pursuing my dreams, but like that thing, like, Hey, maybe I've been beaten down, but you know what? I'm still holding to what I feel I'm on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm ready to hear it. All right, let's, yeah, I'm let's ready to hear Dreamer. Living on the other, 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 other. For all my life, I've been stuck in... Oh, I fucked that up. Hold on, let's do this again. <laughs> let's do this again. I was feeling it, too. <laughs> so tight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to do this again. <laughs> Living on the other, other... Living on the other, other, living on the other, other. I was born with my head in the clouds. I had to get lost before I got found. In my heart, there's a rhythm of sound. It picks me up when my head gets down. For all I know, there is nothing I know. But to follow your heart with the rhythm and soul. Never let them bring you to the ground. Never let your fire go out when you're living on the other side. Just dreaming, living on the other side. Just screaming, living on the other side. You gotta love your life. I'm the one, the one, I'm a dreamer. I'm the one who say we'll never be hurt. I'm the one. Stand up for believing. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm a dreamer. I'm the one, the one, I'm a dreamer. I'm the one, I'll be my own teacher. I'm the one who stand up for believing. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm a dreamer, dreamer. I'm a dreamer, dreamer. For all my life, I've been stuck in the crowd. I tried to blend in just to fade out. In my head, there's a beautiful sound. It picks me up when my heart gets down. When you're living on the other side, just dreaming, living on the other side. You're screaming, living on the other side. 
you gotta love your life. I'm the one, the one, I'm a dreamer. I'm the one who stand up and believe it. I'm the one, I be my own teacher. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm a dreamer. I'm the one, the one, I'm a dreamer. I'm the one they say we'll never be hurt. I'm the one who stand up and believe it. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm a dreamer. Living on the other side, just dreaming. Living on the other side, just screaming. Living on the other side, you gotta love your life. Living on the other, dreaming. Living on the other, dreaming. Living on the other, dreaming. You gotta love your life. I'm a dreamer. Hey, it's Mark. I hope you're digging the Golden Mike podcast. If you have or are just starting your own revolution fueled by joy, there's a site I created for you. If you, like me, believe that personal growth is simply not enough, if you, like me, are committed to changing history for the better in both micro and macro ways, check out joyrevolution.com. In there, you'll find an archive of our over 200 Golden Mike Live Facebook shows shows and of course our podcast that you're currently listening to check out the blogs highlighting how positive psychology and joy theory apply to your everyday life there's even some cool clips from our joy revolution course geared towards influencers speakers writers and change agents it's all there go to joyrevolution.com that's joyrevolution.com let's get back to the episode Mm. I was waiting for a huge dramatic pause to like, just in case there was one. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff, dog. That is good, good stuff. Um, I, you know what? When, when as you're performing that, I, I, I'm, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like all that you've you've been through you know um and and putting it all together uh, it, uh sort of that idea uh, of of you're talking about blending in and 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 uh yeah. you know living on that so all my life i've been stuck in the crowd i tried to blend in just to fade out oh you know you know and it's 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 really cool hearing uh not, not only hearing the performance but but I, I'm curious, how did it, how did this song come together? You know, um, I, I, I love the background, you know, uh, behind uh, how songs were written. Yeah. What was this one in the shower where you're living no, on it? No, this, this was, um, I mean, honestly, so this was, this was written, this and the song gold were mm. created out of some of the deepest pain, mm. you know, I've felt, um, you know, I'd been a musician for, uh, 11 years and I had taught songwriting and guitar for the last six years. And I'd really been studying, you know, songwriting and working to write great songs. And I believe that I believe like, man, I, I'm a good songwriter. Like I'm getting mm -hmm. there. I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at a hit level potential perhaps. And so I decided to, to finally kind of get out of my incubation process and, and jump back into the, you know, the music industry side of things. And I was like, I'm going to go, you know, to a conference, I'm going to go do a mentoring session and I'm going to 
try and get these songs seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I go to this conference. It's amazing. I meet this, this person and, you know, she says, Hey, when you get back to Montana, you know, let's, let's do a coaching call. I'll listen to your music and I'll tell you what I think. And you know what she, I was not prepared for what she told me. She told me that my songwriting was sophomoric um, and amateurish. She didn't see any way that I was going to, you know, get to what I wanted. If I kept doing what I was doing, she's like, you need to stop everything you're doing. You need to stop writing on your own. You need to stop recording. You need to go study songwriting. Like you're an infant, a, a baby at it and, and start from square one. Mm. And you know, that was pretty tough to hear, but what it did to me is it lit this fire. I was like, you know what? Screw that. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this my way. Okay. Maybe I need to rewrite songs and get better, but like, I'm going to put a band together and I'm going to play these, my songs in front of people. And I'm going to let people decide. Cause for 11 years, man, I'd really avoided playing live. I just was focused on writing and recording. Cause I was like, I've got to write a hit. I've got to mm-hmm. become a better writer. And so I just felt like I, I didn't want to be bothered with anything that wasn't me in my little cave trying to create better songs. And when my mom or brothers would be like, you ought to play live. I'd be like, screw that. <laughs> and, and so finally I was like, you know, all right, I'm, I'm going to play live. And, and so I put, you know, echo drive was born. Right. Yeah. And I found these guys in Montana and you know, we just started, we played these songs that this lady said, you know, we're, we're amateurish and, and I kept writing new stuff and I felt that was getting better and better and re- had a new group of songs that, you know, recorded with the band, um, and, and really believed like, Hey, these new group of songs, like you heard one of a miracle of sound oh. and believed like, Hey man, this is the music. Like this is going to do it. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to sell out stadiums in a couple of years with this band, but we're going to win a Grammy. This is the, this is my, I'm putting my stamp of, of approval and, and resting my hopes and dreams, uh, with these guys and, and this iteration of echo drive. Mm. And what would happen is, you know, the guys basically told me, you know, in one meeting one time there, there, you know, I just came clean with them and was more like, Hey guys, look, you know, I know in the beginning I said that I had this big dream, but I didn't need you to buy in, but I'm getting worn down doing everything in the band. And I really need you guys to like, to help me here. It would be really great if, if we could, you know, because I have this vision and, and I, I just can't do it on my own. And, and they came back to a man and we're just like, Hey man, we respect like, you know, your vision, but we don't have, this isn't a top priority in our lives. This isn't even a top five priority. Mm. You know, we just want to live our lives and we have families and things. So like, sorry. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't a, a route. Like, it, I mean, it, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was a very almost nonchalant, like, Hey, it was at rehearsal. But what it did to me is it, it just, I think on a subconscious level, it, it crushed me, dude. And so mm. um, mysteriously after that, I got ill I couldn't get out of bed one day. I had to call in and, and quit uh, work, say, hey, I can't come into work. And I, that was in 2016, and I've not had a job, you know, like since then. Hmm. Um, I just, you know, I, I couldn't work, and, and, I, and I was getting sicker. I dropped down to 125 pounds. Um, and I think what, you know, the truth is, is that, like, I, there was mold in, our, in my house, um, but I, whatever the health crisis, the manifestation was, I think it was because I had pushed, I was pushing myself so hard and mm-hmm. I was so focused on this outcome, right? I had this expectation. Mm-hmm. And when that was shattered, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like I'd faced so much rejection in my life, man. Yeah. And I felt like, Hey, I can handle it. Bring it on, bring on the rejection. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. But this was like, fuck man, everything. Like I believed so much in these guys and that it was going to happen. I had some magical experiences playing with these guys and 
So I guess I'm, I'm coming a long, long way around to saying that in this stage of, of being sick, I had to let go of my band. I had to let go of music. I had to let go of any idea that I was in control of my life and just say mm. the only thing I can control is focusing on getting well. Yeah. And in that surrender, it took about eight months for my body to start repairing and, and where I had enough energy to actually, you know, get my guitar and play it and even think about making music. And so what I started doing is right on my laptop, dude, I just opened it up and went back to like how I'd started music before I even knew anything about it. I just grabbed audio loops and, and drug them around and made beats. And so that's what I did. I just started making these beats and, and gold and dreamer were two, two songs like that I made basically because I, I couldn't even play an instrument really much or I just made these tracks right? and they were completely different songs melodically and lyrically. Um, but I just, I had them and I felt something special to them. Like I felt like, Hey, these, these are a, a new level for me. Yeah. Yeah. And now, they eventually would turn into golden dreamer. And I, I do want gold uh, to be played. Um, it's, it, it's one of my that favorites. One's tougher, that one's tougher to pull off. Yeah. On so, <laughs> but you've been playing quite a bit lately. Um, we, we don't have to, we can have it play it out. Uh, we can play it out, uh, play it out. If, uh, if need be, okay. I, I am kid. I am curious about this because um, it's almost like life um, told you to it hit the pause button and and, yeah. and was like, okay, broski, like you, you had you know you had the car accident. Now we're we're gonna we're gonna hit pause for a second and really have you evaluate what it is that that is 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 sparking your fire right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and you know uh, you know this I I'm. You know, I, I was a musician for, for 13 years, uh, you mm -hmm. know, a, a few opportunities, not as many as yours. Um, and I just remember the feeling of uh, like when when we would play a song together in in a garage, no one is watching except for us. Um, the feeling of total bliss and ecstasy yeah. and for me that's what music was about and i'm yeah. not saying i'm not saying to you like to write you know grammy worthy things or, or was a was a negative thing um but it it it's like it, it's almost like when you're telling me that i'm like oh my god i want to shake you andrew because like <laughs> like just write the song that lights you up man but like yeah. we have different, yeah. we have different, we have different takes on things, you know, because I know we've talked about things before. I don't know how you approach songwriting now, but it seems like there was a point where it, it was almost formulaic for you. Like you, well, yeah, you could break I, down. I, I learned, I studied what made hits, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and I can't unlearn that information. So, I mean, believe me, dude, when I write, it's coming from my heart and soul. Like this record okay. new Dawn, is, I'm so proud of this thing, man. I mean, this is like, it's me finally, you know, feeling like, Hey, I learned to write the kind of melodies that I want. And I learned to sing better. And I, I just, I learned so, so many things that, you know, look, people all my life have said, Oh, you're really talented kid. Yeah. But talent doesn't mean a hill of beans. I mean, honestly, like, or, or ex you know, just expressing yourself like that. We've talked about this, I think like privately, but there's a private musical world and there's a public musical world. Yeah. And 
You know, I think most of my modality, I operated in just the, like my private musical world is good enough for the public. And I didn't have as strong of a filter and saying, Hey man, how good is this melody? And what if you completely changed it? And how good is this lyric? And look, man, I may never be the songwriter that I want to be. I mean, who knows? I, you know, I, all I can say is I've dug down the rabbit hole as deep as I will go. I'm not going to try and write hits anymore. I feel like I've internalized as much as I can. And Mm. I, I continue to, to make the music that I want to make. And I guess I just have a pretty strong inner critic. It's like, is this good enough? Let's make it better. Mm -hmm. And not in a negative way, man. It's sort of like, how do you make this fire on all cylinders so that it really like, you know, when other people hear it, it does to them the same thing that it does to you. Yes. Yes. I totally, I totally get you. Um, and, uh, you know, I, now that when you, when you phrase it like that, um, you phrase it from the standpoint of, I create the music that, and not only lights you up, Andrew, but like will light up a lot of people, you know, I'd, vers- love, for it to, I'd love for it to Mark. I mean, you know, I've mm-hmm. had that expectation for so long yeah. and I think that's part of, even with this record, man, a new dawn, I, I had some big expectations uh, yeah. you know, that, that came back. Like my, I was pretty crushed dude. After e- the first iteration of echo drive, you know, when that fell apart, I mean, it's an understatement, dude, not to say I was, cr- I was, I completely lost hope. And mm-hmm. so I resigned, I went to Phoenix and I just became a cover artist. Um, and I stepped into that, man. It was a, pl- a way for me to make a great amount of money and it gave me a freedom I'd never experienced before, mm-hmm. but I kind of just had let go of any original music dream. And as I, wrote this album as I created it, I was having a lot of damn fun, but I started to also think like, man, this is like, this is this, these are hits. Like Mm -hmm. I, how am I going to make this a reality? And so I started to put that old framework of pressure on on myself, internal pressure of like, Hey, let's go, let's make this happen. Right. And that led me to, you know, decision-making, which we wouldn't have met if I hadn't have, have been making those kinds of decisions. But you know, decisions that left me in a, a big financial hole yeah. because I was so like, Hey, I'm shooting for the stars and I'm going to find a way come hell or high water, um, to make this happen, to fuel my dream through my own yeah. entrepreneurial efforts. Well, you know, what's, what's really interesting is this idea of being a cover artist. Uh, I, I, I'm looking back at your you know, you, when, when you were a kid and I called you a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, it's, it, it's almost like a, a, a return to that for a little bit. Right. It, it's it like, was, I, yeah, I mean, it was, but I, I'll tell you what, there was a very clear intention uh-huh. that I said, I'm going to do this because I realize I need to get better. And so mm, what I, what I came gotcha. to realize is that I had taught songwriting for six years and I'd studied but I had not performed these songs. And there's a big difference between being able to teach someone something, like teach them a song and talk Huge. about what makes a song versus like, hey, I've sung this a hundred times and I've taken that melody, that singer's whatever, their mojo, and it has become a part of my mojo. Mm. And before mm. that, like I always wanted to make pop music, man, but I was like this rock and roll guy that sort of just like yelled or, belted out my emotions. I didn't, I didn't really dig in and, and 
study and like, I mean, embody these, these melodies and lyrics of songs I love, which like Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Bruno Mars. I love that stuff, man. And mm-hmm. so as I sang that over and over and over again, Imagine Dragons, you know, et cetera. Of basically just pop, yeah. pop music. My whole life I've loved pop, but I never uh, put it into practice. And so by putting it into practice, I found that my own melodic sense drastically changed and my own musical aesthetic uh, production it drastically changed. Mm, so it's it's almost a way of, of embodiment, right? Yeah. To, to get out of your own head and, yeah. and and to 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 learn it from a more intuitive standpoint, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Versus yeah, versus a study. Also, I mean, in a sense, getting back into my head too, though, and saying, "Hey, what do I really want my music to be?" And I, you know, I remember I opened my journal and I said, "I want big drums. I want orchestration." I want distorted guitars and I want big anthemic melodies. Mm-hmm. Right. And before that I'd sort of just created music in an intuitive way. Like, Hey, I'm just writing songs and I'm playing the instrument that I know. So it was mostly guitar driven yeah. rock. Um, but it was like getting real clear on that intention of like, man, I love orchestration, man. I love thundering drums. I don't just love what comes off of a drum kit. I love thundering big, huge sounds. Right. I, I love synthesizers, I, you know, like just putting it finally all together. And so that's why I'm so proud of, of A New Dawn is because I feel like for the first time in my life, I actually fully synthesized everything that I wanted to do into reality. It it, it sounds like a... It sounds like you you really found your voice on this one, and you know, like you know, oh, you found your voice, blah 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 blah. That and yeah, that's that's used quite a bit in music, but I I think that it's a a metaphor uh, for life, and I didn't even say what the metaphor was yet. Um, (laughs) um, The 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 the, it's almost the difference between a, a professional karaoke singer and a true singer songwriter is that. They they have a vision of what and what their music sounds like, and yeah. if you don't sit down and write what the music is going to sound like, um, you are you are bound for duplication. And I'm not just I'm, I'm not talking about music. I'm, I'm talking about everything. Um, and, and so in many ways, I talk to coaches about it. Like if you if you try to do Tony Robbins style uh, without thinking about your own voice, you're just going to be a Tony Robbins karaoke singer, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I think it's pretty cool in terms of the way that um, after you got sick, um, you know, you, you kind of went to this re- return. Um, yeah. I, I want to go, I want to go in, in a direction now that um, I, I want to say that I was shocked when, when we met up last time. Um, because we were, we were meeting up for hamburgers. I had just moved out to California. You were, um, out in California. We were living in my car. You were homeless. Yeah. I was homeless. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I don't even know where to begin there. <laughs> um, because there was a, there, there was a personal piece, um, at, you know, in terms of first getting over, I, I wouldn't say getting over the shock, um, but but like I I was just like oh my god I just saw him in New York City I, I'm watching his Echo Drive I'm watching his Echo Drive music I I'm, I'm I'm grooving out to things he's got these funnels set up and he you know he he's he's living in his car yeah. um 
what was what was the that experience like going out to LA and and literally you know living living out of the, out of your car i mean that's it's yeah it, it, it's that, so like know, a there movie there was a lot of of freedom in it mm-hmm. um in the beginning so i'll just basically tell you you know the exact timeline so what happened is you know i'm in phoenix working as a cover artist mm-hmm. uh, honing my chops working making a new dawn and i say all right i've done this about a year it's time to not be a cover artist i don't want to get stuck in a local rut of just being you know, I mean, I watch what happens with these musicians. Ten years later, they're still singing in restaurants and bars as cover artists. So I said, yeah. you know, it turns into a Tom Petty song. Yeah, yeah, man. So I said, you know, I'm gonna go big, and I found this this coach. Uh, you know, I mean, it was synchronicity. It's hard to say. Like, I can look at it and be like, why the hell did I make that decision? But it showed up, and here was this guy that you know had done all the same shit I'd done. He'd done Experts Academy. You know, he'd done product launch formula. I mean, I'd spent 10 years doing internet marketing. And so sure. here he is as a musician with his funnels and he's doing public speaking, which also pissed me off. Cause like I, when I found Tony and Brendan 10 years earlier, I was sure I was going to be a motivational speaker and I built a personal development course and you know, it flatlined and bombed, but like he was embodying these things that I had had glimpses of and been like, son of a bitch. Mm. This guy's doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My God, I've got to figure this out. And so I signed up. I paid him $25,000 to join his mastermind. And it was just a, it was the biggest financial risk I've ever taken in my life. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I just believe, man. I knew I was captivating. I knew I could speak. Yeah. Um, I just trusted like, man, if I, even if this guy only delivers a, a tenth of what he's promised, I'm going to be in a new in- income bracket. I'm going to be, you know, using speaking like this guy, I'm going to be, he does what's called keynote concerts. So music and speaking, I'm going to be using that to, to fuel my own music funnels. And, you know, it's, it's just going to all work out. Right. And Mm. so as I made that leap, that also got me to leap and say, all right, I'm going to go like meet influencers. And so I came across, you know, Chris Winfield at 90 day year. I just happened to, you know, had been following Todd's stuff for a while and, Mm-hmm. One of the friends that uh, had joined or didn't join this mastermind with me, but he was a, a copywriter and, and, and a musician, but he was like, Hey, I'm going to 90 day year. You want to come? And I was like, heck yeah, I've got a free ticket. Um, and so I went to 90 day year with Todd Herman, met Chris Winfield, decided I was going to spend five grand there, you know, in between that and several other programs and hotels and airfare, you get to being $45,000 in debt. Mm. And, you know, jumping off a cliff. I mean, I, I'm flying out to California. I'm, I'm driving around the, in my car and suddenly it's like, Hey, well, I'm, I'm living in my car and I yeah. not making any money. I had this faith. I was going to start making some money. And so, yeah, man, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's been a challenging process, no doubt. Right. But right. it's also shown me that the most important thing is to never be afraid to leap big and to trust that if you're doing, if you're leaping for you, right, you're going to learn lessons. You might crash and burn. It might be so freaking painful, but are you a better person than before you left? And mm-hmm. I can unequivocally say, yes, I'm a better person, man. I'm stronger. I've learned more. Um, and so I don't know where life will take me, but I'm letting go of that and saying, look, I don't regret the decision. Could I have mm-hmm. made different choices, maybe better choices, perhaps, 
but they're lessons I needed to learn. And I wouldn't be where I am right now if I hadn't have made those, those same choices. Is there ever a stop button for leaping for you? Um, you know, is, is, is there ever a point where maybe there should be, I mean, I tend to kind of, Mm. you know, I, I do these big leaps and maybe there's some recklessness in it and Mm. not, uh, and a lot of times I I was writing, I'm writing, uh, or writing a bit of a book. I don't know if it'll ever finish or what, who knows. But anyway, Mm. I was talking about this idea of so many of my leaps have been, there's been expectation behind it. Mm. So it's been, I'm leaping because I mean, it feels like when in the moment, it feels like it's the right thing to do for my heart. Right. But there, I would, I mean, there is no way around saying that, I mean, leaping into $45,000 of debt. I mean, that's pretty massive. And for someone that doesn't have any income, like I left playing cover gigs, I didn't have any income and I believed somehow that it was just going to happen. So maybe there's a bit of recklessness in that. I I don't know, man. It's, yeah. Yeah, Well, you, you know, there's, there's this idea of, of, of belief, you know what I mean, and yeah. and, and that's something that I I, I want to uh, acknowledge with you is is there's a belief in you that um, I I think I, I I think a lot of people kind of wish that they would have is mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have believed in in myself more um, yeah um, you know I th- it might be um, uh, Bronnie wears uh, she she did a um, a study one of the regrets of the dying is 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 taking those uh not taking enough of those leaps um yeah. and and since we're we're kind of transitioning there um number one get ready for another song <laughs> but number two um i i want you to i uh, i i want you to go uh and and so much of your life has been around this metaphor of a car you know living in it getting wow. a car accident right um journeys all that kind of stuff um, let's say that you were going to get into it. It, it, it may sound morbid. It sounds morbid coming out, but let's say that you get into another car accident. Yeah. Um, and one in which, again, you're negotiating with the spirit, you're negotiating yeah. with the universe. Um, what, uh, could you imagine what the day would be like afterwards? Um, could meaning like what are some of the things that you're like oh my gosh i'm I'm really into it right now but it didn't matter at the end kind of like what you you figured out when you were in um your high school crash in 16 what would what would be the what do you think so i think that yeah you know i've let go you know recently more deeply of needing to be a speaker needing to be a musician needing to have my funnels work. Um, I've just sort of been, you know, letting go of that man. And and just, so I think if there's, if there's one thing that I would like to see myself more in action of is being of service. Like I would like Mm. to be more involved in, in helping other people to, to enrich their lives, you know, to be a part of that sense of, of those moments. Like I've had so many moments. I feel like I've lived my whole life for me. Mm-hmm. And so I have, and I don't mean like in a bad sense, like, I mean, man, I believe in myself so much and I make, I've made these big leaps because I believe in my dreams. And I think that maybe I've done that to such a degree that I, I, I know that if I died, I'd be like, man, I've, I've given it everything I could give. There's nothing left to regret, mm-hmm. but I've not 
really yet engaged and been of service in a, in a way that I, I mean, I'm a, I feel I'm a good person and I, and I show up in the world and I add value into people's lives, but I guess I just like to feel more of that sense of like community or that I'm really maybe just being a part of something yeah. more. Um, and it's been my lifelong struggle, man, is being like a lone wolf, you know, and feeling I, I don't fit in. So it's, but I, yeah, I think that's, I'd like to have more sense of that, more community, more interaction. And that's like, you know, this conversations, like my friends reaching out to them more, that is the stuff that um, I'm, I'm doing more of and trusting like, all right, life is going to bring me these opportunities that, mm-hmm. I, that you know, of more connection is, is I just keep, keep doing what feels good and, and talking to my friends feels good. Mm. Mm. Um, th- that doesn't seem like a leap. <laughs> it does, but it does seem like something that makes sense after everything that you've gone through since your crash at 16. Yeah. Um, even before then, when, when you, you were the, um, you, you were the wolf in sheep's right. And you were ready yeah. to bust yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's, I think that's really thoughtful of you to, to kind of throw that out. And, and, um, I, I look forward to seeing what that looks like in, 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 in coming iterations of, me of, too, man. Of Andrew and I mean, Hens. this is part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like there's no denying that when I'm around Mark Cordone, <laughs> I feel, I feel joyful, man. It's, you know, it's like, you're one of my, my, my dear friends. I think about yeah. you a lot. You know, I know we don't connect as often as, as I'd like, or, or maybe we both like, you know, but it's like, yeah. when I think of you, I smile. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with some of those other people that, you know, I met at, at uh, unfair advantage, sure. you know, that, that we know. And, and and with my other friends, like I got those people that I smile when I think of them. And it's like, man, I want to just, I want to, I want to play more with those people. I want to play with my friends. Mm. Interestingly enough, t- two more things that Bronnie Ware had brought up in her study was, I wish I would have uh, given my permission, myself permission to play more. And I wish I would have spent more time with, um, with, with my friends. Um, and there you go. So that really, so the three things. So like, you know, the leaping, yeah. Yeah, I, I I feel like I've I've done enough of that. I've mm. done enough of that, and so now let me stop leaping for for myself and all these dreams I have, and just say, hey, life's gonna work itself out. But have more connections. Mm. Try and tap in more, you know, to to being with your friends and find a way to to just keep that engagement and and uh, going. You know. Yeah, I I think it's kind of cool that. Um you don't have to flip your car to come to that realization. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, I, I think it's kind of cool. Once is enough. I think for, for me, think that so. would, that would be enough, you know? So, um, I do want you to prepare for, for a song. If can we hear another one? Yeah. I'm okay. thinking, uh, I mean, okay. you, know, you said you want to hear gold, but, uh, I mean, what, whatever you want to play, whatever you feel, um, the sort of, uh, the call to play, but I do want to play, I do want to play the, 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 uh, the, uh, golden Mike podcast game with you for a second. Yeah, um, okay, and I, I want to see how you embody joy. Um, right. and I want after this conversation, I, I want to see what your revolution looks like. So, um, sure. I, I'm going to throw out a couple things. You tell me. What comes up? Uh, finish the question either short or or long. Uh, there's no time limit, right? All right. Um, so so for Andrew Hand, joy looks like joy looks like you know spending time with my friends. Mm-hmm. Joy looks like doing what feels playful and free. Mm-hmm. Joy 
looks like having the courage to still do things that scare me. Mm. And, uh, which is, which is interesting. I just said I was over leaping, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, so I guess maybe, <laughs> we, maybe we never truly stop, but just, yeah. you know, those, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess right now, right now for me, what joy looks like is can, being in the present moment, finding gratitude mm. and, and opening my heart to just, just experiencing the, the, the joy of life, right? Just experience the joy and it's a hard, it's a fucking hard thing to do, man, because the <laughs> mind can come in and, you know, and try to find little dissatisfaction. And I mean, on, on yeah. little stuff, man, like, you know, your loved one comes home and your conversation is a little routine or, or uh, you know, it's like, man, I, that didn't feel like where I want to be. Yeah. Um, you yell at your, your animal or something, you know, like the dog or cat does something you don't like and you, you find yourself yelling at them. So I guess I, I just mean you know, joy looks like more mindfulness, man, just, mm. just being mindful yeah. and trying to have as many moments throughout the day of just that, of feeling joy, like in my body, feeling joy and bliss for as many moments throughout the day as I can. Right on. Right. right? On. I'd like to look back on my day and see, Hey man, every hour or every couple hours, like you just, you really experienced joy yeah. the whole day. Right on. And even if it's like, I mean, dude, sometimes, you know, the, the brain is, is done working. It's like, Hey, I'm going to play a little like Madden on my phone. And like, <laughs> instead of, instead of sitting there and being like upset with myself, like, man, so you're playing too long. Like instead of just be like, man, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. I'm really enjoying just sitting here. And yeah, it's kind of wasting time in a sense, but you know what? I'm enjoying this. So it's a, a bit of savoring involved. Yeah. 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 So, 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 uh, to Andrew, joy smells like. Joy smells like. And by man, the way, smells- Teen Spirit has been used like five episodes already. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, just like crisp, fresh air, man. Joy smells like yeah. the ocean. Joy smells like smells like a I don't know, man, a a, re- a busy restaurant. Uh, yeah. You know, joy smells like uh, New York. Uh, mm-hmm. And nice. joy smells like where where I am, right? Joy smells like where I am right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, joy feels like. Joy feels like. Joy feels, joy feels like, like uh, the best kind of, of energy. Joy feels free. Joy feels mm. alive. Joy feels playful. Um, joy feels at peace mm. and in and, and flow. Mm. Mm. Joy tastes like. What it tastes like a good woman. <laughs> <laughs> I would say an in and out burger. <laughs> that's the second. That's, a, that's, that's second. second. Um, I saved this, this one for you. The last one. Joy sounds like. Oh, joy sounds like, man. Laughter. Mm. Yeah, laughter and joy sounds like. I think it sounds like this, man. It sounds like mm. another voice. Joy sounds like conversation. Yeah. You know? Amazing. Um, so you obviously know that the, this is brought to you by the joy revolution. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's either you are leading change um, with joy or it's the revolution of joy inside of your heart. It can mean two yeah. things. So for you, Andrew, what is your joy revolution? Right now, man, my joy revolution is, uh, it's just stoking that inner flame, man. 
you know, it's, it's uh, like the things we've talked about. It's, it's this, it's this conversation. It's, um, it's more of this, you know, it's just leaning into stepping and leaning into that, just that more joy. Right. I, Cause I think as we, as we step into it and follow it more, like, yeah, man, it becomes, it does become more of a revolution and it becomes the way that our life just is right. Mm. Not because we just, just because we said yes. And we stepped into it. That's irregardless of um, the outcome or, you know, the circumstances. It's like when you let go of judgment and you stop having these expectations, I mean, come on, isn't life pretty damn <laughs> joyful? Right. And if it's not, then do some things that are joyful, do some things that are joyful, let go of all that other shit and do some things that are joyful. And, and if you do that, if I do that, well, life becomes more joyful, right? Mm, right. Yeah. I, I, I would say absolutely. Um, Andrew, your, your story is fasc- fascinating. And um, it, it's, it's also fascinating to, to know that we've met twice. And like, I feel so close to you. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and they were pretty, they were pretty, uh, epic days when we met, yeah, you know, man. um, and, and, and I can only see you, um, uh, being one of those people that I play with, uh, for a very long time. So I, I want to thank you, um, for, for coming on the show. Uh, I appreciate yeah, you. I see you, um, for everyone listening, uh, show notes are there. But uh, uh, after this, I want you to play us off, Andrew. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say my sign off. Um, so for everyone who listened today to today's uh, episode, uh, don't forget. Remember, revolt in love, in light, in shadows, and enjoy. Andrew, play us off. Oh gosh! All right, Mark. What, what do you want to hear? Should we Should we play the song that I wrote for you? Oh my God! That would be amazing. <laughs> It's not always rainbows and happy thoughts Not always unicorns if you forgot We get down sometimes and it's a lot To carry this world when the rhythm is lost Yeah, 24, how to dream Live it up and it's fit for a king I see the cost but I can't retreat You only got one life, this is where I preach Stand for your vision, even when you're given Never let them bleed you for more than a minute This is why you came here, just see your name here Standing in the light so big and I don't feel like It's a vision for the mission we're given You can sink or you swim me You can rise through the venom I choose to believe and that don't mean that I'm with it If you feel what I'm saying Can you see for a minute it's not always rainbows and happy thoughts. Not always unicorns if you forgot. We get down sometimes and it's a lot to carry this world and the rhythm is lost. When you're in it, down for a minute, praying, oh God, why can't it be finished? Facing three strikes and it feels like a limit. How you gonna turn around the home run, hit it? Mm. I was just a young man built with a vision. Now I'm just an old man fighting with a cynic. Every time I turn around, my mind says quit it, but I'm still in the game and I came here to win it. It's not always rainbows and happy mm. thoughts. Not always unicorns if you forgot. We get down sometimes and it's a lot to carry this world when the rhythm is lost. Life is a vision for the mission we're given. You can sink it, swim it, you can rise through the bend. I choose to believe and that don't mean that I'm with it. You feel what I'm saying? Can you sing for a minute? It's not always rainbows and happy thoughts. Not always unicorns if you forgot. We get down sometimes and it's a lot to carry this world when the rhythm is lost.
They want to tell you, boy, don't, don't change. They want to tell you, boy, stay the same. They want to tell you, boy, work this way. They don't have an idea what it's going to take. It's not always rainbows and happy thoughts. Not always unicorns if you forgot. We get down sometimes and it's a lot. To carry this world when the rhythm is lost Life is a vision for the mission we're given You can sink or you swim or you can rise through the venom I choose to believe and that don't mean that I'm with it If you feel what I'm saying, can you sing for a minute? It's not always rainbows and happy Woo! Not always unicorns if you forgot We get down sometimes and it's a lot To carry this world when the rhythm is lost they wanna tell you, boy, don't, don't change. They wanna tell you, boy, stay the same. They wanna tell you, boy, walk this way. They don't have an idea what it's gonna take. Oh my goodness. Uh, on behalf of Andrew and myself, this has been Golden, the Golden Mike Podcast. Take care, everybody. Woo! Hope you enjoyed the Golden Mike podcast. There's more good stuff coming your way. But until the next episode, let's stay in touch, yes? Find us on Instagram as the Joy Rev, the Joy Rev, or communicate with like-minded revolutionaries in our Facebook group. Search the Joy Revolution Underground. And of course, don't forget to check out the classes, articles, blogs, and some serious fun at joyrevolution.com. That's joyrevolution.com. Now, until then, what will you do to change history for the better? Let's go out and play, shall we? Press start to begin.